NotFest.com presents Talk To Me. With over 300 interviews under his belt and six years running, your host Joshua Toomey interviews metal and rock's heaviest hitters. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Here's your host, Joshua Toomey. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of Talk To Me here on NotFest.com. As always, I'm Joshua Toomey, joined by the one and only Chris Aiken. Chris, how are we doing today? Oh, just peachy as always, man. How about you? <laughs> I am doing better, man. Before we uh, dive into everything, give us an update on the arm. Hurts. <laughs> I don't have a whole lot much more to say. It's getting better slowly, but it still hurts like a, like hell. Right. It's um. I mean, I did have a doctor's appointment. It's some sort of damage to the radial nerve, which runs from your neck to your fingers, and basically affects every single solitary motion you do, from getting out of bed to taking a shower to laying down to sleep. So you know, every cool. time I move, it reminds me that it's there and it's wounded. So wasn't that the Dave Mustaine injury? No, maybe that's it. Maybe I, maybe I too fell asleep shooting. I mean, um, <laughs> laying on my arm while playing guitar. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I think it is the same thing that Dave had, and um, if it is, I certainly believe it. Because man, this is a real pain in the ass. Yeah, I was trying to see if it. Uh, he he fell asleep with his arm over the back of a chair. Like, sure, he did. Sure, he did. That's a that's the narrative we're going with. On and here. then he got clean immediately after. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, sometimes you fall. Hey, you've never fell asleep, you know, falling asleep in a chair and just woke up, and now you've got a nerve damage that you can. Yeah, well, that's, that, that uh, you know, jeopardizes the entire rest of your career. You know, I'm banging on Dave Mustaine here for this, but that's truthfully, you know, in my case, I wish I could say I was shooting heroin and it happened. Instead, I got up and stretched and it happened, waking up in the morning. So maybe Dave's, maybe it is what da- happened to Dave. And I've been just bagging on him for no reason for years. Who knows? I think you're falling apart on us, man. Well, that I am doing. I will admit that. You know, fat, 50, and dying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, this week on the podcast, uh, I, I don't know if I've talked about it in here or not, but interviews will now come out on Mondays. Ooh. So Mondays are now Talk To Me uh, interview days. And then the uh, podcast, audio Thursday normally, except for this week, and then video on Saturday, uh, Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Okay. So, uh, so we definitely have our time locked in on the YouTube, so you can get over there and you can comment your little head off about how much we suck. That's right. Uh, Please do. <laughs> but yeah, great interview this week, man, with Chad Rulig of uh, For the Fallen Dreams. Um, okay. Guys, has been on the show a couple of times, and the first time he was on, he's, he was kind of standoffish or whatever. But he did like tell me that he was a fan of Primer back in the day, which I was like, okay. hey, any fan of Primer, you're more than welcome on the show anytime you want. Sure. Um, came on a second time better, but man, this last time he was on the show, uh, just, just really fell in the groove. And that might be one of my best interviews where it starts with, you know, how, you know, tell me about the new record. Tell me about your approach. Right. Like, like really did like 25 minutes really based on the one record. Um, I don't really typically dive that deep into like, you know, recording process. What were you feeling with these emotions, sure. man? And, uh, and I, I think I, I think I got that through on this last one, man. So, uh, eight years into the show, I finally did an interview, right? 
Wow, look at you. By by year like 30 or so, you'll be out re- ready to do it for like a national outlet or something. <laughs> so it was actually speaking of that, and this is funny. It, it, it's one of those comments that's like stuck in my head now. I was kind of like randomly scrolling through comments on YouTube, which you should never do. And there is a guy on the plush interview that mm-hmm. hated he, he hated one of their answers to one of my questions. OK, but then he also hated my questions about that I asked them and that I leave a lot to be desired as an interviewer. And I was like, I was like, so he got mad about their answers and he was mad about my questions. I was like, man, this guy can't just cannot be uh, satisfied there. So next time just don't interview plush at all. Right? <laughs> he was like, he goes, why didn't you ask more about why they kicked out the drummer that just happened? You know, where's your journalism hat or some bullshit? I was like, gee, I don't know, because it's a 10 minute interview at a festival and maybe they're not going to talk about controversy when it's a light interview. That's a, and that's that's where you want to say and you want to be like, well, these are just, you know, seven to 10 minute interviews and you're just kind of, you know, shooting the shit and whatnot. Yeah. And, and honestly, that one was I know that Mariah is friendly with you, so I'm not mm-hmm. going to dive in and be like tell me all the dirt <laughs> listen <laughs> bitch what happened <laughs> you will tell me now <laughs> but uh but yeah it's just like you just can't uh you can't please everybody which i'm no. finding out quickly on the youtube no you, you can't you just have to be you have to have alligator skin when it comes to yeah. the, the comments because most of them are fucking dummies anyway so who cares? <laughs> right but uh another thing with chad man I, I i don't know if i've talked about this on the podcast or not but i actually when uh Primer 55 had a show last year, kind of on the books, like ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we needed a vocalist. I was like, I was thinking back to the people I've interviewed and that I've got some sort of a relationship with. And Chad Rulig of For the Fallen Dreams, you know, obviously said he was a Primer fan, liked Jason. Sure. So, so I reached out to him. I was like, hey, would you, you know, would you do this? And he was like, yeah, man, as long as it doesn't conflict with, uh, you know, schedule for For the Fallen Dreams or the other band Legend he's in. Sure. Um, he would He would be all over it. And then I was like, cool. And I told Bobby that. And I was like, wait a minute. I wonder how his voice would be with Primer. Because I, I honestly didn't even think of that side of it. Like, it was more of like, who, you know, who has somewhat of a name would be cool to mm-hmm. do it. Looks cool. All that stuff. He had all the stuff. I was like, wait a minute. This is his voice match. And when this new album, the first single is called What If. Okay. It comes out and he's like got a little bit of a Jason flow to him. Like a okay. Jason uh, Latrell flow to him. I was like, oh, wow, this could actually be really good. Like he nice. could, he could uh, you know, kind of pull that, that Jason off. And then in the interview, we talked a little bit about him kind of pulling the, that, that late nineties, early two thousands flow and, and sure. kind of vocal style out of him, man. Very cool, man. Well, maybe you'll get your chance at some point to make it happen. Uh, you know, I, I I posted some photos of me from the Primer era on Instagram, and Bobby commented on them. I'm like, dude, let's get the band back together. Yeah. And he goes, maybe someday. And I'm like, dude, we ain't getting any younger. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, there's tens of us that are still waiting, dude. I know it's it. Like <laughs> you, you know, the, yeah, you and Chad Rulig are probably the yeah, only ones that be waiting. Uh, well, that's yeah. two. <laughs> dude, we were huge in the Midwest. We could uh, we could pull mm-hmm. off a huge Midwest tour. Dude, you guys were Primer '55 was big here. I know it was a it was a big band here in Cleveland. Yeah, that was a good show. Uh, the 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 what was that the Ron's the, Crossroads or something? No, was it was uh, where on the wall at? somewhere. I don't know. Is it? That, I don't even have that on the wall anymore. I, I think it was like the. I don't know. We've talked about it. The Agora or something like that. The Agora the, or the Odeon or somewhere. I forget yeah, where it was. Places, but yeah, it was fun. It was a good time. Ah, uh, you know, good time in Cleveland. Cool. Um, cool. Well, let's dive into some news. Uh, let's see here. The uh, let's dive into the Fear Factory off the top. Okay. Um, 
you know, they've released some footage now with, with Milo Silvestro yes. on vocals, man. And uh, what, what are your kind of early takeaways from uh, him on stage? Um, well, let's see. I have a lot of takeaways, actually. Um, number one, D- Dino full of shit with his I want my individualized guy that brings his right. own flavor to the band. The guy sounds like Bert. He looks like Bert. He has the same stage presence as Bert. Yeah. He has the same haircut as Bert. <laughs> right. You know, he, he's Bert. And, yeah. I, and that's okay with me. You know, I mean, honestly, I didn't know what to think, but it, it was definitely cool. From what I heard, it sounded real good that the the recording of Shock, mm-hmm. you know, from um, wherever that was, was at Phoenix or somewhere. Um, the recording of Shock, especially, I was I was really digging. And um, yeah, I I mean, I didn't like that they fucked over the San Francisco crowd, but that's yeah. that's neither here nor there. As far as just the guy and his performance, I thought, um, yeah, this could work. It's it's a, it's a good fit. Yeah, I think it it sounds great. Like the I watched some mm-hmm. more videos today from like Spokane, Washington or whatever and he he you know, like you said, looks like him, sounds like him, same haircut, same stage presence, same everything. And honestly, might be a little bit better of a live singer than Burton. Burton if you go yeah. back and watch old videos of Burton in the band, not the greatest live vocal no, he's out not. there like he's fantastic in the studio but not not always the best in in a, a live performance so sure you got milo out there like actually sound milo sounds like how burton should sound and right so i think if i go to the shows i i'm into it it was funny to kind of see him doing the whole like let's get your fist in the air and he was like making everybody clap and stuff and and that part of me is like, get out of here, dude. Like, you know, get a few shows under your belt before you start, you yeah. know, telling me what to do. Like, <laughs> sing the songs, monkey. Yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Entertain me, fool. Right. <laughs> you do something for me before I do something for you. Yeah. You know? I, I don't know. I I mean, I, I'm generally excited for it, man. I, yeah. I definitely want to see it myself now because the guy looks like he brings it. And yeah, you know, you 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 touched on it, but I think it's a big part. Bert never was good live. He, I mean, he was no. okay. He was, he was adequate, but never did he live up to the records. This guy sounds like the records on the stage. And that's a, that is a definite upgrade in fear factory. So I'm all in. I, I'm, you know, I, I hope now Bert puts together a band and plays these songs too. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't mind. I would go see replica featuring Bert and C bell as well as I would go see. Oh yeah. Fear factory featuring Dino Cazares. Why not? Yeah, and uh, hopefully we will we will get some answers to that soon. How about that? Yes, a little teaser out there for everybody. <laughs> a little tease. Mouth. That's what that's what we call a tease in the radio business. That's right. I'm the hooks in my mouth. I can't wait to hear. <laughs> um, another thing about this tour is uh, Static X and the the zero the new mask and this. Have you seen mm-hmm. the new stage get up he's got going? Yeah, with the with the wired arms and stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I it's, it's like he's got like eyes. the light up eyes and the hair is, I guess, like you know, part of the mask. Which I'm assuming that that uh, whoever whoever uh, zero is, I guess we'll never know. But uh, whoever that is, you know, I guess got sick of spiking his hair up every night. He's like, what if right. we just made a made kind of a, a cyber cyber uh, Wayne static? Sure. And I, I, I think it looks a little silly. Like, I, I yeah, it's the it's whole like, death mask thing was rough. And then now this is rough, too. I'm like, 
I just, I just don't know, man. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not digging electronic ghost at all. Yeah, and that's really what it kind of. It reminds me of a, you know, a bad clone of Toby Tobias um, from Ghost. Okay, it's like, yeah, nah, not, not feeling it. <laughs> Just take off the mask. Say you're Etzel Dope and play the songs. Whoa, no whoa, whoa. Who, who says it's Etzel Dope? Like, well, considering he talks about every damn show, it says if it's me, it's him. No, it's, it's the same either. as that OJ book. If I killed her or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> same exact thing. Slightly different, but uh, yeah, same but yes, thing. Same. No, the uh, yeah. I mean, Etzel just helped him out in the studio. I don't. I don't even know where Etzel Dope is right now. Well, he's oh, out oh, on wait. Static X tour. <laughs> oh, wait. He's two bands before Static X. Yeah. Talk Just about it. Time to get a cup of coffee and get get back on stage. Allegedly. Tony, you know, I think if you get Tony Campos in your band, your lead singer better look out because you Tony Campos is now <laughs> up there with fake Fear Factory and now fake Static X. So. Yeah, no kidding. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So if uh, Tony Campos shows up at band practice, the uh, singer might be like, ooh. Or maybe Tony Campos in your band is a good idea because it means it doesn't matter who the singer is. Right? It's like, yeah, as long as I'll you take, have Tony Campos. I'll take the positive side of it. If Tony Campos is in your band, it really doesn't matter who else is in the band. It'll still be okay. <laughs> um, I want to dive into this one story. Uh, a band that I've actually been, really been listening to a ton of lately is uh, uh, Polyphia. Okay. Uh, I, I recommended them a few weeks ago. They've got a, sing, a song with uh, Chino from Deftones. Um, and I've just been just getting into them. I mean, they are not like, if, if you're like, dude, I want some, some, you know, death angel or, or deicide or slayer, you know, you're probably not going to go to polythea, but they're like, okay. they, they've got like their, their prog moments. They've almost got like a pop rock moments to them. I mean, they've got, sure. they kind of run the gamut. I mean, they're definitely a proggy band, kind of the new gent proggy band with the, you know, players that are way too good to be playing metal kind of stuff. Right. Um, but he came out, uh, Tim Henson is the guitar player. Uh, probably no relation to Jim Henson, but, uh, um, he, he had a term for, uh, you know, like, uh, like a classic rock guitar player when he, he you know, he, the, 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 the thing to do in the seventies and the eighties was the bend, you know, the wow, like, yeah, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. the very ace freely, you know, all that stuff, Jimi Hendrix, you know, that's, that's like the thing. And, uh, he came out in an interview with, uh, Rick Beato, and I uh, called it a boomer bend, like a boomer okay. bends. And so <laughs> nice. obviously boomers are not going to be too happy with that. Would, would boomers ever know who this guy is in the first place? Um, Probably not, but they will now. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, it says boomer bends is a term coined by Rick Beato and I. It describes a very speci- uh, specific guitar bending lick commonly used in the 60s and 70s, the age of the ba- baby boomer. The more twang you give it, and the more old guy you make it sound, the more boomery it is, I suppose. But we didn't make the term in an offensive way. It's more because it starts with a B and Ben starts with the B. And it became a catchy phrase. And many baby boomers just got upset at that term. But that's all right, because it's just a way to describe a sound. Okay. So, so it made me think, and I know you've got a you've got an old friend named Randy. And I have an old like friend named Randy from when I was like 12, mm-hmm. 11, sure. 12 years old. You know, he was, uh, I lived in a in kind of a shitty apartment complex. And um, I remember like going over to his dad's apartment and his mm-hmm. dad had like car parts all over the house, like in, right. in an apartment, in an apartment complex. Like oh, he was nice. just always, you know, 
working on cars and mm-hmm. motorcycles, but also in an apartment, which made no sense, but whatever. But I remember hit to this day. I remember him going like Jimi Hendrix was never any of that good. He just bent notes. And like, as soon as I heard someone talking about baby bi- or boomer bends, yeah. I was like, I was like, ah, oh, that reminds me of Randy's dad. He would just, <laughs> he would just go on and on about how, how Jimi Hendrix was not a good guitar player, which I do not believe. I believe, you know, Jimi Hendrix, fine guitar player, but yeah, he would just like, Oh, he wasn't ever any good. He just bent notes. So, Oh, all right. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm sorry with your friend Randy on the Jimi Hendrix. First of all, I never really thought he was amazing. I mean, for the was, time, I guess, you know, yeah. for the time when everybody else was strumming, she loves you and stuff, I guess, I guess. Yeah. Maybe he was, he was innovative for that time, but you know what? Two years later, Tony Iommi came out and just changed the whole goddamn game. So, right. I don't know. I, I, I never was huge into Hendrix either. That being said, whatever. I mean, you could call it the boomer game all you want, but there's Zach wild out there still doing it. So, you know, <laughs> right. yeah. You know, but, he, I mean, I guess I would relevant. say he's, he's relevant, but I mean, he's, he's uh borderline yeah. <laughs> you know, boomer Ben. He's era. boomish. Boomish. <laughs> I mean, honestly, one of the, the biggest bands that does the the boomer bends thing the guy's talking about is Ace Freely a Kiss. I mean, like when you when you talk about an Ace Freely solo, it's the it's the bendy, you know, the bendy, sure. uh, uh, you know, noted guitar solo there. Right. Which will lead us into our next topic. Okay. <laughs> uh, Kiss has announced the final concerts ever. Good. This bye. is the end. Bye. Oh, no, come on now, Chris. We are a positive <laughs> show, and we love everything here. At the I am. I'm podcast. positively saying, see you, not, see you later. <laughs> oh man, um, I'm. You know, I've seen Kiss now. I guess twice on the on the end of the road tour. Okay. Um, they played Louder Than Life, which is kind of a, a throw in freebie. And then we saw them. Uh, I got to take my little one to uh, the the arena here to see him. And you know, we okay. watched about five slots. Had to get him out of there. He was, I think he was only like five or six at the time, maybe right. five. So light he was, overload and shit. Yeah, but I mean, he had a blast. You know, it's sure. kind of like it's like if you're going to take a kid to their first concert. You know, we right. I mean, we obviously had seats up high and you know, sure. bought, bought him the cool you know earmuffs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to the gun range, but. uh yeah, he had a blast there. He was like, still talks about, you know, Gene Simmons licking his bass and whatnot. But uh, yeah, I mean, I Kiss was like the band that got me away from kind of pop radio and like okay. start listening to like heavier stuff. And obviously, sure. the Kiss, you know, turned into, you know, the White Snakes and whatever of the world. And then, you know, took me right on to, to Metallica City. But uh, but Kiss will always hold a small, uh, small, small place in my heart for, for Kiss. And, you know, I hate to see kind of what the band is today. I don't know if uh, sure. there's a, there's like an Indianapolis show, which is obviously close to me on this on these final 19 dates. Right. I was, I was like, ah, you know, I mean, that's like the it was like the fourth to last show. OK, I like, well, I might go up for that, but uh, probably won't. Um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, I guess I'm sad to see it go, man. But yeah, 50 years. The band will basically end up 50 years back. Uh, two shows at Madison Square Garden. I mean, if you're going to go out, that's the way to do it, man. If you're from New York. Yeah, and look, as much as I'm not a KISS fan, which I'm not, I just always found them to be tremendously non-talented players, which to me is like, ugh, you know, <laughs> anytime you have to make more show to make your show tolerable, that's never that good to me. Yeah. But that being said, um, you know, hey, I, I can't sneeze at A, the 50 years, B, the, the unbelievably loyal fan base, and C, you know, they they really haven't compromised 
too terribly much ever. You know, I mean, they've been trend jumping idiots constantly, yeah, you know, but, <laughs> right. but, but they did it their way. It wasn't like they, other than that, that one short period in the eighties where they tried to be a hair band, yeah. you know, because, because they were clearly being out done by the hair bands and was that like hot in the shade era type type, yeah. you know, with the silver spoon and forever and stuff like that. <laughs> other than that one little period of time. You know, they, they've done it pretty much the way they wanted to, and they've always been against the grain. And Lord knows they taught every every band known to man, be it the smallest band to Metallica. Uh, they taught them all how to make money. That's yeah. for sure. So oh, yeah. you, you can't take that away from Kiss. Uh, you know, for the diehards that are completely excited about these Madison shows like Mark Striggle and and the boys, hey, go to that show. Have a great time. Enjoy it one last time so that you have it for your grandkids to say, I was there when Gene Simmons spit blood for the last time. You know, <laughs> go ahead. I got a pick. Yeah. For me, eh, not so much. Yeah, I think I'm good with the two shows I've seen on this tour. I mean, honestly, I'll I'll, I'll admit it here. In like, what, 97, when I saw the reunion tour in, in Nashville, like, I was I – was, uh, 17 or 18 at the time. And, you know, I grew up obviously non makeup era my whole life. And so mm -hmm. when I got to see four original members all in makeup right there in front of me, sure. Like, you know, I, I shed a tear. I'm not going to lie. I was just <laughs> like, I, I cannot believe I'm seeing this. You know, you just, I just never thought I would ever see it. You know, obviously now you take kiss and makeup for granted, but you know, basically mm -hmm. my entire, up to that point, my entire Kiss fandom was just, you know, the revenge era and stuff like that. Sure. Meanwhile, and this is going to make your head hurt. I went <laughs> and saw them. Same tour. Saw them with Deftones opening. Yeah. Watched Deftones, watched about five songs of Kiss and left. I was well, like, I mean, eh, nah, done. <laughs> I get it, though. I mean, I, you know, I know you're a huge Deftones guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was suffered through the Deftones hoping to get a good Kiss show. And then they just didn't sound very good. I guess it was before they were using tracks for, for Paul's right. voice. And Paul was kind of, ah, hey, everybody. <laughs> you know, he was like kind of screechy, but yeah. it wasn't clean. It's one yeah. thing when Paul has that people, you guys rule people, you yeah, know, right. that, that, that voice is fine. But when it's like, ah, it sounds like an old lady getting punched in the stomach. Oh, it's like that. That's that's how you know the tracks are happening, just because, like, yeah, even louder than life and the uh, the the arena show I saw a couple of years ago, where it's just like in between songs, he's like, "Hey, Louisville, thanks for coming out tonight. It's so good to see you." Here's Strutter, da da da, you know, and like right into perfect pitch vocals. You're like, "All right, all right, Paul, good job, buddy." Yeah, well, I'd like to hear him sing Strutter. He doesn't sing Strutter, does he? Oh, I don't know. Not Gene. I don't know. Probably. Not, or maybe it is. I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't. Or I'm thinking of deuce. Maybe. Yeah. She's worth a deuce. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Again, I'm not a, I am not right. a kiss fan at all. It could be fucking Eric singer singing for all I know. I don't know. Well, it isn't his name. Um, I guess we'll kind of parlay this into another thing, but obviously I do hope to see ACE and maybe even Peter out at these last two shows come out at the end of this, into the set, do a song or two. Or three or four, you know, kind of, kind of end it like that. Um, well, you know, maybe, dude, you gotta admit, if he doesn't, if they don't, at least yeah. for the final show, for the final show, if they don't bring Kulik, Ace, Peter, Mark St. John, yeah, well, yeah, Mark St. John's kiss <laughs> casket, you know, <laughs> dig it up, bring it up. Um, 
you know, if they don't bring every living former Vinnie member Vincent. of Kiss. Yeah, Vinny Vincent, honestly, <laughs> Vincent too. Yeah. Vinny Vincent he, should be up there as well. to the last show. He should be there. You know, Dude. he should be there playing guitar for Lick It Up or something. That'd be with cool. A, with a 45-minute guitar solo to make Paul nuts once again. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I don't I just don't see Kiss being that that cool and being you know, uh, because obviously you you know we've talked about so many tracks and things like that. So if they if they were to pull up, you know, uh, uh, Bruce Kulick and Ace and Peter and Vinny and like everybody that's kind of been through the band at some point, they would have to stray so far from the set list that they're doing now that I don't yeah. I don't even know if it would work. Or or the, or they may just do it the way that sucks, but that will please the fans enough anyway. Yeah. Just the way they did it on Unplugged. Which is bring them all up at the same time, do um, yeah. do, rock do rock and roll, and roll all night, all night yeah. and be done with it. You know, yeah. Everybody gets like a, a quick solo or something. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I guess, I guess I could see that. Like the end of uh, the Big Four concert where they all they all got up and did "Am I Evil?" Yeah, know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Something like that could work. And as long as it's a Kiss song that they've all played at some point, then it should be fine. Yeah, maybe they should take some notes from the Talk to Me podcast. We could. Do rock and roll and I with every former member that you yeah. can find. And you hear that, Gene? We're telling you what to do. <laughs> now, if they do that, we're we taking all the credit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know how much you love when uh, former members of bands get up with their former bands. Oh, it's um, always a thrill to me. I know you. That's what you go to see these shows for. Um, <laughs> Ex Megadeth guitarist Marty Friedman uh, jumped up with his former bandmates in Tokyo, and did uh, Countdown to Extinction, Tornado of Souls, and Symphony of Destruction. Right. Um, I watched. I watched the videos on these two. Man, it, it was just cool to see him up there, kind of rocking, and 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 he wasn't maybe as metal as the other dudes, and just kind of had his his own style up there. Man, I was I was happy to see. Marty Freeman back with the uh, back with the boys up there. It was a little weird to see him doing windmills and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was a because that was not something that he used to do either. Yeah, you know, he never was that kind of a performer. But that the, I think it was in Tornado of Souls when he goes back by the drum riser and started doing windmills and stuff. I was like, wow, <laughs> look at look at Roger Daltrey up there. Well, it's, it. a, it's a it's a tornado, man. He's, yeah, I guess it was a tornado of his soul. I guess, but. Um, yeah, you know, if you're a Megadeth fan and that pleases you, that's cool. But to me, that yep. that's always just kind of the magic was rust in peace. The magic was Ellison, yeah. him, Menza, Mustaine. That ain't there now. Now it's just, okay, friend, come on up and strum <laughs> your shit with me. Hello, you know? friends. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of what it is, though. It's just a friendly gesture. It's not like the magic was back. And, and let's be honest, who picked the fucking songs? Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get into. I mean, they, they made such a big deal about Marty might be coming up. And here's a here's a full on announcement about Marty getting up with them. And they're going to do Countdown to Extinction, Symphony of Destruction and then Tornado of Souls. It's just like, yeah, I want some I want more rest oh, was, in peace. Was but. train and consequences taken or, 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 <laughs> or crush them? I mean, Jesus, <laughs> could, could they have picked a worse three? A two yeah. Lamonde, was that not available? I mean, come on. You know, I wanted to hear like you. I wanted to hear Holy Wars. Tornado Souls was good. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wanted to hear the fast stuff. Though. I wanted to hear the stuff that people just 
creamed over, you know, the, the double guitar, just straight up assault. Yeah. And instead you get train of consequences or, or not train or, uh, yeah, tornado of souls, yeah. you know, I, tornado is a good tune, but the other two, not so much. Yeah. Uh, it probably would have been worse if you would have got like sweating bullets, <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of just a, like not much going on up there but yeah i i do enjoy these uh you know these these mashups of the old guys getting up and doing doing whatnot and you know i I would love to see like we've seen over the years with newstead jumping up with metallica here and there you know 30th anniversary stuff rock and roll hall of fame things like that like it always just like yeah that's cool man i would love to see i would love to see newstead do a little bit more I don't know. I guess I take it from the standpoint of when these guys first leave, these guys go out of their way to tell me how the new guy is better. Right. So then I don't want to see the old guy anymore. <laughs> like, all right. I, I moved on. I'm, I'm, I'm team Keiko of, as far as Megadeth goes, he's yeah. the guy now. So now I'm on his team. Can you believe it's been 20 years since Robert Trujillo has been in Metallica? I did see that. And I was like, wow, that's a long time. <laughs> and he's still just the new guy. Like He's yeah. always going to be the new guy to me. Yeah. Well, he's the one guy that can still bring it. That's for sure. Yeah. He's definitely bringing it. Um, Metallica's James Hetfield is to star in a dark Western thriller called the thicket. Wow. Is it filmed on his complex out there in Colorado? <laughs> well, actually, it tells you right here. Uh, according to Deadline, Metallica's James Hetfield has a role in the upcoming dark Western thriller The Thicket based on Joe R. Lansdale's novel of the same name. You big fan of Joe R. Lansdale's? Oh, writings? I have all his movies. Uh, what is or books or whatever he does. <laughs> uh, production on the film starring and produced by Game of Thrones alum Peter Dinklage is underway in Calgary, Canada. So it's a short film. Well, here's but another I'm, joke. Yeah. Hey, you ready for this joke? <laughs> okay, go ahead. Dinklage will play Shorty, a bounty hunter enlisted to find a woman <laughs> who has been kidnapped by her violent killer. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The movie, which is set at the turn of the 20th century, follows Shorty and his fellow trackers as they travel into a violent and chaotic place known as the Big Thicket. Oh, Hetfield put himself into this, huh? Well, actually, I'm mean, well, not. I mean, the Thicket also starred Juliet Lewis. I'll mm. take that. Um, Esme Creed Miles. I'm not sure that name off the top of my head. LaVon Hawk, Leslie Grace, um, Malcolm Blair, or Macon Blair. Ned Dennehy, uh, Andrew Schultz, and Arliss Howard. So, All right, hey, don't give me Peter Dinklage, Julie Lewis. I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take those two. Yeah, and, and I mean, it may be again, we're judging this off of a script we haven't heard and a plot we have we don't know and whatever. But I will say this the one time that I know that that Hetfield acted before, he did quite yeah. well when he was Wait, the, the cop, cop, the yeah. cop in that wicked bad. Ted Bundy movie, whatever it was. Uh, it's back, in, back in 2019, Hetfield had a small part in the Netflix thriller, Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. <laughs> yeah, the Ted Bundy story is basically yeah, the Ted what Bundy it was. Played by Zac Efron, yeah. Yeah, that and that was kick-ass. And the cop was kick-ass that he played. It yeah. was a good little role for him. So, hey, I'm, ha- I'm happy to see Het getting ready for his post-Metallica you know, I'd rather see him just transition to movies instead of crying on stage. So, you know, about how much he hates being in Metallica anymore. So <laughs> finish this tour in two years and go and do movies. I'm for it. 
Four years ago, Efron praised the Metallica guitarist uh, vocalist acting chops during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, saying James Hetfield, to his credit, absolutely nailed the part. He crushed it. It's like he's been acting his whole life. He had no fear. He did a great job. I was ready to maybe give James Hetfield an acting tip, but he didn't ask for a single one. James Hetfield is the shit. Well, take it easy, Zach. He was in like about 45 seconds of the movie. Playing basically himself. Yeah, let's ease back and just admit that you're a fan of Metallica. And you were awestruck by the Metallica guy being on stage with you or on, on set with you, rather. Just ease up. Do you really think Zach Efron's a big Metallica guy? I kind of do. I kind of, he seems the part, you know, he, he seems like a guy that, you know, like a man's man-ish type of a dude. You Back don't think on those, so? Uh, in between takes in high school musical, he was cranking, you know, uh, uh, fixer and <laughs> sure. <fuel. laughs> of course. <laughs> Zach Efron seems like he would be probably into like the load reload era. Oh yeah, I don't think I doubt very highly he's riding the lightning with anybody, but um, you know, he'd he, <laughs> yeah. he probably taking a load or two. Never mind. <laughs> oh, geez, oh, Pete. Huh. Well, and then uh, and other Metallica news. Uh, they share a music video for their new song, "If Darkness Had a Sun." Yes. Um, man, I uh, of the three new songs, I think they just kind of keep bumming me out more and more. Like <laughs> I, I am just. The the intro to this track alone, just I I just see Lars doing this for so long live, like just mm-hmm. because it's it's like man I can't believe Metallica played for three hours, blistering set and you're like well twenty two minutes of it was the sure. intro to If Darkness Had a Sun yeah and another ten for uh, Now That We're Dead which is the same song <laughs> right <laughs> I don't know, I like the song personally I think it's pretty good you know I mean it's it's definitely look judging the three songs already. Yeah. The the old days are gone. And I think everybody has to accept that. There's no ride the lightnings left. There's no kill em alls left. Yeah. When you get a heavy song from Metallica today, it's them pretending that they were though that they're those guys that they used to be 35 years ago when they do hardwired and stuff like that. That's that's like an imitation of the great Metallica by Metallica. The other two songs that, that we've gotten so far now, the suicide song and um yeah. and uh you know this new one Luxie uh, Turner. Yeah, Luxie Turner was a little more pretending to be a metal band. Right. But um you know, the, these last two they they are what they are. They're that period between the black album and load sounding, and yeah. they're they're rock songs. Metallica's a rock band now. They're not they're no longer a, a thrash band, no matter no matter how much influence they had on the metal scene, they're a rock band now. A good rock yeah. band, but a rock but band. I, I still say that they they kind of bamboozled me with this whole thing because okay. they 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 post Luxy Turner. They're like posting tour dates. Like I, you know, Luxy Turner reminds me of of like kill a kill them all with like Garage Days, you know, uh, production. I'm pumped that they're they're coming back with you know some double bass and some thrashing and whatnot post a tour with Metallica. I'm instantly buying tickets that are way too expensive. <laughs> and then, and that, the, the, the second single comes out and I'm like, Oh, I don't know about this one. And then this last single comes out and I'm like, Oh, this is just, this is what Metallica is now. And it is not a bad thing. I mean, you know, like we said, death magnetic hardwired yeah. two good albums. I mean, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I like both those albums a lot, 
but but Metallica is that band, and they're not Lux Eterna. They're they're a yeah. more am- am- amalgamation of of the last two albums. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and there's there's things that they just prove over and over again now that they're not capable of doing anymore, like yeah. writing a disciplined song. Yeah. You know, I agree with you that the the intro to this song at a minute and a half before you hear Hetfield's vocalist, way <laughs> right. way too long, and that is way too without without being a prog metal band, it's almost dream theaterish of you know completely yeah. discipline lacking. I just want to hear myself play because I'm the great Metallica, you know. And it's like you know, just get to it. Just give me a give me ten seconds of intro and then get to Hetfield barking it out you know and especially this new song too i'm I'm a little surprised that they released this new song just because it's a rehash yeah. and i think it's the first time metallica has done that as a single they've rehashed music before but this song at least the lyrics to this song was in some kind of monster as that song temptation that that they okay. didn't release well, now it's now it's been reworked a little bit. Now it's you know this new dark dark sun song, and um, I, I was a little surprised that they did something so blatant like that. But at the at the end of the day, you know what? I don't care. I you know I I think I told you this off air. I might have told you this in um talk to me recording number one. I don't remember, <laughs> but um of the lost episode of the lost episode. But um the more they're releasing stuff right now, the more I'm leaning toward actually seeing them. Yeah. You know, I, I have tickets to the Ford field show to the, in November it's coming up. It's almost here Ford field in November. <laughs> right. You know, but I, I fully, fully intended to going to the show, seeing Wolfie Van Halen, seeing Pantera and driving home, you right. know, get just blowing, blowing Metallica completely off of being home by like, it's like a three hour, four hour drive. So being home by like one o'clock in the morning ish, which isn't too bad, you know, but now that I'm starting to get into these songs a little bit, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay for Metallica. And the more we go further and further, I'm like, maybe I'm going to get a room for three days in Detroit. (laughs) Maybe I'll see Metallica the second night too, you know, just because it's still a huge show. It's the biggest show you can see. I don't, you know, even, even if you look at a, video of metallica today you know and you you even compare it to like i don't know what's the second biggest show we can think of right now that stadium tour last year the motley poison thing whatever you know which i didn't go to but i saw a bunch of videos of it right this is still a much bigger production it's the biggest production in the world for other than ramstein 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 has a bigger production i think but yeah this is the biggest that you're going to get other than that of a band that, that you like, you know, a band that you know all the songs to. So I'm like, you know what? This tour is going until 2024. Uh, they're closing in on 50 years themselves. It's been pre- made pretty clear that Het doesn't really like doing this anymore. Um, Lars certainly doesn't like practicing to do this anymore. <laughs> right. So with all that said, we're closing in on the end. And it's like, you know, maybe I better stick around and see these shows. That's kind of where I'm leaning toward now is why not? It's, it, I already paid for the tickets, so why not see it? Yeah. You know, why not see it and have some fun? And maybe it, it might be the last time. I mean, dude, one of, I, I hate to sound this negative, but one of these guys could easily die. 
Yeah. They're in their 60s, right? They're at least 60. Yeah, I think they're all right at 60. Yeah, I'm sure they get the best, best health care known to man and all that stuff. But still, you know, that lifestyle is not exactly known for producing 100-year-old people. And Metallica, who's toured more than them in the last 40 years? Well, their their lifestyle determines their death style. That is so true. I just so their death style that. might be fast and furious. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Birthdays. Wow, famous birthdays. Get out of here. Um, Wikipedia. That's how it's All right. James Hetfield, born August 3rd, 1963. So, yeah, 59. 60. Yeah, he'll be 60 this year. Uh, Lars will also be 60 in December. Uh, Kirk. Kirk, older or younger? What do you think? Um, Younger. Kirk, Kirk is actually older. Really? Uh, November 18, 1962, so he's already turned 60. Mm. Trujillo. 23. <laughs> he might as well be 20. Oh, does that tie? <laughs> uh, born October 23rd, 1964. So he is 58. Oh, I didn't realize he was the same age as those guys. Yeah, I would assume he was much younger. But Yeah. I guess when you think about it, he did come up at the same time with, what, suicidal or whatever. Yeah. Um, um, infectious grooves. One yeah, of Which was he in? Was he in both? Uh, both. Yeah, he yeah. was in both. Yeah, so good, good for them. Bunch of 60-year-old dudes out there playing metal. And oh, doing wow. it at the top of the game. There's nobody bigger. No, not at all. Not at all. But yeah, I definitely, you know, and plus you're going to be going to Detroit and you'll have that day off in between. You can maybe go sightsee, maybe go sightsee in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> go see some empty, uh, empty buildings and uh, old, uh, the old Ford plants or whatever. That's probably closed yeah. down up there. That's a city that even with the gun, I don't feel like walking around. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'll be hibernating in the room with the door barred. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about uh, clickbait um, interviews and what or headlines and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so Steve Vai has come out and he's having to clarify his Ozzy Osbourne comments and he apologizes for the quote unquote confusion. Okay. Um, so I don't know if you paid attention or not, but recently I guess uh, Steve Vai has said that he has basically a full Ozzy record you know, in his vault, like he, okay. he back from, uh, what would, uh, what years was that? What did that have been around osmosis or something? Yeah. 96, 97. Yeah. All right. So Steve, I clarified his recent comments that he had enough material recorded with Ozzy Osbourne for a full album in an interview with Eon music. The guitarist said that he was quote, sitting on a whole Ozzy record, adding that he couldn't do anything with the material because they didn't have any rights to it. But now in a social media post, Vi revealed that while there was enough music written for a whole album, the songs were never completed and would require would require re-recording before being released to the public. So Steve wrote, in a recent interview, I spoke a bit carelessly about, quote, sitting on an entire Ozzy album, and then the clickbait headlines went viral. Okay. So, I mean, he said it. He's, mm -hmm. he, he literally said... I'm quote sitting on an entire Ozzy album. Sure. And, and then he said the clickbait headlines went viral. I'm like, what? how is that clickbait when you said it? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, have you ever interviewed Steve? No. 
I interviewed him what a year ago, maybe not even a year ago for um, yeah. his new album that in, in violet record. And you can catch yeah. that on YouTube if you want to hear it. And, and you might want to catch it on YouTube, not necessarily for the interview because the interview's all right. I mean, it is what it is, but he is a guy that really spends a lot of time. You can tell when you're interviewing him, he's calculating. He's not, yeah. he's not, Hey man, who'd you like playing with? Well, I'll tell you who I hated playing with. He's never that (laughs) guy. He's a guy that whatever, whoever, whatever question you ask him, he's like, Hmm, well, you know, I think, you know, he's, he like figures out his answer before he spits it out of his mouth. He hits you with one of those. Now that's a good question. Yes. (laughs) He does give himself a stall. Yep. He's he's one of those guys that definitely does that. And, um, I think in whatever, for whatever reason, when this, when this interview happens, this is probably one of those rare times that he didn't do that, that he just spit something out real quick and he regretted doing it. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to shit on him too bad on this one, because at least look, there's a lot of guys that would just say, Oh, it's bullshit. You know, that's, that's not what I meant. Or, you know, that, that, or just not said anything, just left it alone just to get cheap pop for the next fucking six years of, you know, every time Ozzy has a quote, it would be in the somewhere deep in the blabbermouth story that don't forget Steve Vai has an album, you know. It, so I, I think I'll applaud him for that. I'll be honest. If he did have an album with with um, Ozzy, I'm glad he doesn't do it. Glad it doesn't come out. Yeah. I don't think that would be good. Do you? Oh, I'm, I don't think it's the right good. kind of player. Yeah, well, it'd be the, I don't know. I think like it'd be a white fun. snake. Be the same as the white snake. It just didn't work. Yeah, the uh, it says here to clarify, Ozzy and I got together back around '96 and spent some time trying to come up with some potential songs for an album that he already had half recorded. The record later came out as Osmosis. We demoed a handful of tracks, and then there was a bunch of tracks I built for him to check out. He ended up picking one song to use on his album, and that's My Little Man. It was re-recorded with his band and it came out great. I only only one other demoed track from those sessions had an Aussie scratch vocal on it, and I handed it all uh, in all the master tapes to the label and kept safely mastered tapes of the tracks I personally built. All in all, there was quote uh, quote unquote is uh, enough music for a whole record, but those songs would require re-recording. The demos are a bumpy roadmaps and just not the goal. Which I actually, I read a comment. I wish I had the comment up here. Basically, someone said, wait a minute. Even if it's not a whole album, you're telling me that you have Osmosis tracks with Steve Vai playing on them. Like, I want to hear that too. Like, you know, there's there's people that want to check out that just, yeah. to, you know, just to see the differences. Well, it certainly couldn't be worse than the Andrew Watt stuff. So, <laughs> right. you know, I, I think I, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind hearing it. I don't know that I want a whole album of it. I certainly do not want a, a band situation with, Steve Vai, I just don't think Steve Vai fits the Aussie, the Aussie side. It, it, and again, I'll go back to the White Snake thing. And I saw that tour, the the White Snake, um, Kittens Got Claws or whatever that album was called. Right. You know, um, the it just didn't work. It it was a and, and quite honestly, I didn't think he was that great in David Lee Roth either. Ooh. You know, I know some people will argue that point all day, which Eat 'Em and Smile is a pretty good record, but skyscrapers not and you know and and that's all vi you know that's if you listen to passion of warfare and you listen to skyscraper you hear kind of the same sort of thing as like yeah nah not my thing 
<laughs> Steve I is going to come for you, man. Nah, he's cool. I mean, I, I will say, look, I love Steve Vai as far as being a player. And I think he's probably the number one guy. You know, I know a lot of people now lean toward like Ingve or whatever. I think I would take Vi over Ingve. I think he's far more creative. But, um, you know, I just, there's certain guys of that count. I mean, would you want to see Ingve in a band with Ozzy? Yes. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> Give it all to me. Ingve wouldn't want to see that. I do not need another singer. I'm the best. I can do it all. I am a better singer than Ozzy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if you want to see that, you might as well just see uh, see Zach do the Ozzy stuff. Yeah, and that's it. I mean, Zach's a great player. See, Zach, I would say Zach is pretty close to on par with Steve Vai, just in a different style. He's, he's, he's a different stylistic player than, than Vi. Vi has never proven it as a rock guy. Vi has proven it as a virtuoso with some rock influence to me, Yeah, to me, you know, and I'm sure I would, if you want to ask my, like my personal opinion on this stuff, like I would take Zach all day long over Steve Vi, Mm -hmm. like Zach, because Zach has feel and Zach has uh, uh, a, a more of a, of a, of a, kind of a metal presence to him. Sure. Whereas, you know, Steve Vai can do all the tricks and all the scales and all the runs and all the chords and, mm-hmm. you know, to where, you know, maybe Zach might not be able to do all of that, but Zach, yeah. Zach is, is, is more of a, of a metal dude. Like, you know, yeah. Zach falls closer to Dimebag than, than obviously a, a virtuoso yeah. like Satriani or Steve Vai or those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Satri, I mean, Satriani, I wouldn't mind seeing him sit in with dream theater at some point, but I don't want to see him with Ozzy. I don't think it would work. I just don't think that that would be a good fit at all. And I go back to what I said before. I didn't think it was a great fit with, um, with uh, David Lee Roth either. When they did it with Roth, they did it for one reason. They needed the most talented guy to say, okay, Eddie Van Halen, you're not the only guy out there that can fucking play. That's why Roth did it. Yeah, and he got the most talented guy at the time, which was Steve Vai. Which is also crazy if you want to talk about people that have a full album sitting on the shelf somewhere. I mean, there's all that that David Lee Roth John Five record just kind of hanging out, <laughs> and everybody's like, "I want to hear that record." Well, now that we got John Five just stretching out huge with Motley Crue, do we need it? Uh, yeah, you probably don't need it. I mean, he's definitely uh, he's taking a nap up there with with Motley Crue. <laughs> He looks so bored. <laughs> I keep watching videos of, of, you know, of him with this Motley's tour. Yeah. And he just looks like he's bored. Like he, he does not look like he's a, the telltale is like, if you follow him on Instagram, there's almost no pictures or video of him playing. It's all him eating or riding on the plane. Like he's thrilled to be riding on the plane. Yeah, you know, because it's all first class, it's all pri- private jet. He's way more interested in that than he is in anything he's doing on stage, and that makes sense because those songs got to bore that guy to tears. He's way too talented <laughs> for that band. Yeah, he's way too talented. But I mean, I, I know he's a big Motley Crue fan too, so it's got to be cool yeah. for him to be playing those tracks. So. And he's probably making an ass load of money. Yeah, and he gets a, the. Did you did you watch that plane footage that he posted? Yeah. That plane is insane and it looks yeah. gigantic. I mean, I don't know if it's like the like a fisheye lens type thing on the on the on the camera work, but if you go back and watch that, it looks like a giant plane that keeps going forever that yeah. you know has has uh, you know a ton of like these just 
immac- you know, immaculate seats and things like that, man. It's it's definitely first class. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a first class, and maybe that's why he's doing that is sharing with the with his fans that you know he's graduated to first class. But you know, I, I mean, I just watch it. And it's a weird thing because if you look at his career, as talented as that guy is, his band runs have really not been with bands that require a whole lot of guitar prowess. Right. You know, certainly not Rob Zombie. And really not in Manson. Yeah, Manson wasn't much. The, you know, Motley Crue is probably, Motley Crue might be the most he's had to do solo wise. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, you know, Manson, Manson and, 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 uh, you know, zombie not really known yeah, for the guitar riff bands. Yeah, they're just riff bands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely playing more than he would in those two bands, but I don't think he's really showing much off playing home sweet home every night, is he? <laughs> Maybe. Um, let's dive into one uh, one last story before we dive into uh some reviews, recommendations, right. and whatnot. Um this is kind of a clash of our worlds here. Uh Judas Priest singer Rob Halford who joined country legend Dolly Parton on stage uh-huh. last November at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, to perform her classic song, Jolene, also appearing with them, a part of a super jam, where other Rock Hall inductees, Pat Benatar, Annie Lennox, and Duran Duran's Simon Laban. Speaking to SiriusXM, Ozzy's Boneyard host, Mark Strugel. Ooh! There we go. Uh, about what it was like to briefly share the microphone with Dolly, Rob said... It sucked! Her. I hated her! She's a bitch! <laughs> Uh, close Um, I did the gay hustle and thought I've got to get close to Dolly I may have overstepped my mark but I was gushing I was a fanboy and I was kind of cringy at the end (laughs) (laughs) I still haven't seen it but people say it was great and that's all that matters Uh, to be so close to her and feel the love that this lady has She's just as uh, she's just this walking beacon of love and happiness and joy that she spreads. Halford continued. Enjoy that. She spreads. Uh, Happiness and joy that she spreads. I guess she she, she spreads joy. She spreads. I was going to say, oh, is he happy? She spread. Never mind. Well, this sounds also (laughs) like uh, this. This is also James Hetfield stage banter. Uh, Everyone here is a walking beacon of love and happiness. That's right, friends. (laughs) In fact, you're all part of the Talica family. Hey, Talica family. Uh. <laughs> well, hey, look, the guy was, the guy was, you know, Rob Halford is elite in the metal right. world. But for the rest of the world, he's not. For the rest of the world, he's me and you. You know, I mean, he's, he's really, he gets up with the, with yeah. the, you know, people that are not in the metal community. And he's like, oh yeah, Judas Priest. I've heard of them. You know, you know, then Dolly Parton is probably somebody he's never come across. Yeah. And, you know, he's into it and, and she's a huge, huge icon. Right. You know, I, I guess it's cool that he's kind of awestruck to meet somebody outside of the the bubble in which he is a, a leader in. You know, that's pretty cool. At least he's yeah, excited. I, I kind of push back a little bit on Halford. I, I think Halford's maybe... He's kind of in that like Alice Cooper, you know, he's, he's, he's definitely in the zeitgeist of, of, of fame. You know, I think he, he probably transcends metal just a little bit. Like you I would think? think he's, I mean, he's definitely not Dolly Parton, but I'm, I'm thinking Rob Halford probably 
there's probably some grandmas that know who he is from over the years. Oh, like, I disagree so uh, fully. All right. You think so? You think, I mean, he's never done anything outside of metal and everything that he's done for these 45 years or whatever. Yeah. Has always been to be metal. I mean, he's always presented metal and metal. You know, all those Judas Priest guys are always talking about metal, metal, metal. Yeah. They're never like, like, I, I don't know. You probably did not hear this, but when I interviewed um, KK Downing, and I know okay. it's a different guy in the band, but the same thing. And I asked him about um, one of the tunes that uh, Johnny Be Good or something. And he said that they had another song that was that was chosen to be in Top Gun. Right. And then it didn't happen. And and KK said the band never had heard of Tom Cruise at the time of Top Gun because they were like so isolated into the metal world. Right. That he they didn't even know who Tom Cruise was. And Tom Cruise, I mean, Tom Cruise at the time of Top Gun was probably his peak, if if not, you know, right then after, you know, and for them not to even have heard of him. They're kind of isolated from the world. Yeah. And I, I just don't, I don't, I don't look at Halford and think he's like Ozzy. You know, well, see, that I, was my comparison was going to be, I don't know, think Ozzy. In Ozzy's in that world. If Ozzy hadn't done the Osbournes, Ozzy right. would not be super famous to the housewife in fucking Peoria. Ooh. He would just be that scary guy that bit a, that bit an animal. Yeah, but I mean, Ozzy's kind of in that Marilyn Manson thing where everybody knew him because Ozzy was so evil because of the bat, yeah. you know, biting the heads off bats and all that nonsense. Yeah, but Halford so. never did none of that crazy stuff, right? Ooh, I don't know. I, I think he, I think he would be a, a a tier lower than like the the Ozzy Manson, Alice Cooper, kind of the the scary, the the satanic panic, mm -hmm. uh, the people that know them. But I, I think Rob's up there. I mean, you know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm yeah. giving Rob I'm giving Rob Halford a little bit too much credit, I guess. Well, let's find some strangers on the street this week and just ask them. Hey, who's yeah, Rob Halford? I don't know. I guess I could just ask my wife if she if she knows who he is. Then maybe uh, maybe maybe I'm onto something. Hey, yeah, might be. But uh, let's see here. Um, let's dive into some reviews, recommendations, man. Any any TV, any uh, music you've been watching? Uh, TV, I have watched everything known to man. Um, <laughs> uh, there's not a whole lot that's great. There is one show called, um, the consultant. Okay. I don't know if I said this one last week too or not, but it's really good. It's on, um, Amazon prime. It's about this. Um, there's this guy, he's like 20 years old. He's a gaming genius and he forms a billion dollar company. Okay. And he gets killed. Like right at the beginning, he gets murdered. And this consultant that nobody's ever heard of comes in and just kind of says, well, I'm in charge now and takes over and he has the paperwork to back it, but it's, um, then it just goes weird from there. It's kind of one of these weird sort of horror, sort of drama, black mirror type of a show, okay. but it's a show. It's like an eight, eight episode arc of a show. And it's really pretty dark and pretty weird and pretty cool. So I would say that as far as TV and a music, the only music thing I have is something that just hit my inbox this afternoon. And man, is it kick ass? The band Unearth have a new record right. called uh, The Wretched, The Ruinous. Man, does it fucking kill. Good Lord. <laughs> they are back with a huge vengeance. I'm imagining you like them because that's right in your wheelhouse. Oh, of, yeah. Great band. 
of music. And wow, this new record is off the rails good. So check that one out, The Wretched, The Ruinous. A um, couple music things. Um, the Used put out a song called People Are Vomit. Uh, I can, right. I can always, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the use from the back in the day. I was kind of skeptical on how, how the, uh, the new album would be so far. So good on that. Definitely need to, uh, to check them out. Uh, I'm going to go back with that. Uh, the, the polyphia, um, the latest release is called remember that you will die. Um, yeah, it's just a, you know, you put it on, it's good background music. It's good. Uh, it, it just, I don't know, man, it's just a great, great, uh, Kind of proggy guitar record, and you know, it's got, how do you it's spell got, that? How do you spell that? P O L Y P H I A. I look that one up. But they, you know, they don't really, they don't have a vocalist, but they've got guest vocalists throughout the album, things like that. Steve okay. Vai actually is on the record. Chino's on the record. A um, couple things like that, and uh, I, I don't really know much TV. Um, I think. Do we need to? kick our seattle sea dragons to the curb and maybe pick Dude. a new team man <laughs> look i'm <laughs> staying with them to get two weeks man i'm staying with them but they better learn how to come out after the bell for the second half yeah both games they were they were playing well in the first half and just shit the bed in the second half but i don't know it's going to be interesting to see now with march madness how the xfl handles it yeah you know now that now that there's like some competition that's going to be on TV against them, but I don't know what through two for through two weeks. Are you enjoying the XFL or not? Uh, yeah. From what I've been seeing of it. Yeah. I mean, so far so good. I, I like, um, uh, the, the coach of the Orlando team, um, T buck was his Terrell Buckley. I believe his name is, okay. uh, he, he came out and basically, uh, they asked him, you know, what do you need to change in the net in the second half? And he goes, I, I need a, a whole new roster of players. Yeah. It's <laughs> basically what it said. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're not, uh, you know, sugarcoating yeah. anything. I think the, the scoring thing's cool. I like the, uh, the one point, two point and yeah, three point conversion kind of gives you a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, if you're down nine, you, you know, it's still mm -hmm. a one possession game or right. things like that. So you've, you've got a few things there that I, I like the scoring, you know, not so many kicking the extra points, things like that. There were, mm -hmm. I like the reviews where they're kind of going behind the, the, the scenes and saying, Hey, we don't have enough angles, you know, to, sure. to overturn this or whatnot. So keep it on, you know, keep it as it stands. And then, you know, then they show the guy going, Oh, the call stands is called or whatever. Right. I, I enjoy the, the transparency of the, uh, you know, the officials. Yeah. The only, I, I mean, the only thing I would change is I would turn the mics off a little bit. Yeah. It's kind of weird when the, the announcer is, you can't hear the announcer cause they're calling a play at the same time. Right. You know, I, I would probably tamp that down and they'll, they'll figure that out. And, um, the one, one thing that you mentioned that, or you didn't mention that I do like is I kind of like the kickoff rule where you yeah, have the players close to each other and, because, you know, in the NFL, every fucking kickoff, somebody gets hurt. Mm -hmm. Every kickoff, somebody gets hurt. I don't think I've seen one guy get hurt on the kickoff in two games and I or in two weeks. And I think I've watched like six, six games. And I don't think I've seen anybody get hurt on a kickoff. So I, I like that rule a lot. I like this league. I, I'm going to be honest. Do you think it's better than the XFL? As far as the, I do. I think the it's USFL the, or the USFL. Yeah. Um, I think the gameplay is better. Yeah, I would give you, I would give you that. Uh, so far, every, every game I've seen seems to be somewhat competitive. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got, they've got a few decent, 
you know, names in this league. Yeah. You know, obviously Josh Gordon showing up on, on our, on our sea dragons. Yeah. Uh, you know, eight, what AJ McCarron. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I like this, the, the story, if it's true that, you know, he turned down an NFL team because he wanted to start and, and, you know, show his kids how his dad that you know the dad could play football or whatever yeah i saw that story that's a bit foolish come on oh four, come on now. four million dollars for sixty thousand. come on that's a, that's a bit something tells me there's something else to that story well, like maybe, yeah. the four million dollars wasn't guaranteed and he had yeah. to make the team and <laughs> and if he didn't make the team he also wouldn't be playing in the xfl right so he, he kind of thought well i'm 30 whatever years old because first of all, doesn't he have like a supermodel wife? I believe AJ uh, McCarron does. I don't know if he's a super. I, I if I'm remembering correctly, his girlfriend in college like went super viral because he was the Alabama quarterback, and, yeah. and they showed his girlfriend like in the stands at one point. Everybody flipped their lid that yeah. this starting quarterback at Alabama had a hot girlfriend, and he married her. Yeah, he married friend. that girl, and um, yeah. She's not going to accept him turning down $3.9 million <laughs> so the kids can see a video of him playing 10 years from now. Come on. I think they're, they might be old enough to go to the games now or something. You I know, know what? They're, they're old enough to see old Bengals videos too. Take the 3.9. <laughs> what are you doing? Yeah. I mean, well, I'm, this obviously, I guess, doesn't hurt. I mean, he could go back to the NFL next year and hold a clipboard like he's been doing in the NFL. And, yeah. And, and he'll you know get back to it. But he wanted some playing time, man. You gotta get the playing time. He's proven his worth, man. (laughs) Hey, Marcus Mariota got released by the Falcons. Maybe he'll come to our Sea Dragons. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we need something. I don't know that we need a quarterback necessarily. We need a defensive team. (laughs) Just in general, the whole defensive side of the ball is not very good. I was watching a game the other day, and, and the backup quarterback was the quarterback for like the New Orleans Breakers from the USFL and he was like lighting up the USFL. I'm like, why are they not putting the, like that guy was awesome in the, in the USFL, put him in, yeah. in the, uh, in the XFL. See what happens. Man. Well, dude. And then there's that, that Louis Garcia guy. Okay. That guy's been in every league. He was in the NFL. <laughs> yeah. He was in the USFL twice or the XFL twice, both for the, the failed version that the rock bought. And now the new one, he was in the USFL last year and he was even in the AAF. Oh, nice. He's been in every single one of these leagues. And I'm like, dude, that should really tell you it's time to move on. If, if he can't get anywhere with any of these leagues, it's time. Uh, well, I mean, with all of these leagues showing up though, I mean, if you've got any kind of talent and any kind of name, I mean, you might as yeah. well keep, keep cashing these checks. I mean, they're probably paying more than, you know, FedEx is paying. So well, they're paying 60 grand. We know what they're paying. There you go. Well, that's that's better than most, uh, you know, entry level jobs. So, so yeah, cash but, those checks, play some, play some football. I would hope as a college graduate quarterback that you took, you didn't take um, your degree in basket weaving. I hope you took something that would make sixty grand. <laughs> that uh, general studies degree that you yeah, have, exactly, Jim. <laughs> Jim. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I think that will do it for another episode of Talk to Me here on NotFest.com. Uh, right. Any, any, uh, any, anything coming up on your end of the end uh, of the world? Um, I am getting back into the interview chair tomorrow okay. morning at six a.m. Ooh, yeah, no, awful. To interview, it's it's worth it for me though. To interview the great Mickey D of Motorhead fame. Oh, nice. So, 
since and I've dedicated, yeah, well, since I've dedicated all of my books to Lemmy, yeah. I figured I get offered I get offered Mickey D, but it's at six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, yeah, fuck. Probably still won't even be in bed yet, so why not? Or I'll be in bed, but I won't be sleeping. I'll just be sitting there complaining about my fucking broken wing. So why <laughs> Mickey not? Mickey D, my arm hurts. You should just yeah. talk to Mickey D for 20 minutes about your arm. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey, how do you adjust your drumming to what when your you arm do? hurts like mine does? <laughs> <laughs> what would you do if your arm yeah, was, how would you, you fix you it? a nerve injury? That's right. Uh, I, I've got an interview with uh, the singer of Avatar on Sunday, but it's like they're in Sweden, so it had to be like I think it's like 10 a.m. Johannes mm-hmm. from Avatar. So okay, well that's good. Good, that's a good interview. Yeah, he's a good dude. He's been on the podcast before. Good guy. But uh, yeah, so uh, make sure to do all the uh, the fun podcasty things, as Chris Aiken likes to say. Make yeah. sure to rate, review, subscribe, leave a nice comment in the uh, comment section. Tell your friends about the show. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk on Twitter and Facebook. And for the Talk To Me podcast here, NotFest.com, I've been Joshua Toomey. I am still Chris Aiken. See ya. <laughs> Bye, kids. Uh, I, I messed up the outro there. That's and right. we will talk to you soon. Yeah, so fuck off. The Talk To Me podcast presented by NotFest.com. Follow the show at Talk To Me Talk. Be sure to subscribe, rate the podcast, and leave a review on your favorite podcast app to get the latest from the Talk To Me podcast. Talk To Me Talk.